Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. It is Next Gen Sunday and we're so excited for it. And you might actually be wondering, why? Why do we do this? Why do we let these young people on platforms? Why do we let them serve? Well, because we believe in the next generation. In fact, that is one of our culture points here at The Rocks. It's regeneration. We help the next gen win now. We really believe that. We, as adults, believe that we are responsible for cultivating their faith in a way that helps them see the world in a way that that puts them at a place of success, really. We want to grow their faith. We want to create spaces, like we said before, that allow them to not just know about God, to know who He is, but to actually experience Him and encounter Him and be changed by His love, be changed by His presence in a way that actually changes their life forever, that, that is a turning point for them in their lives. So today... We believe, we actually have four very special guests from our next gen sitting here with me here today who are going to share some very unique stories with you about what they're going through in their lives right now. But before we hand it over to them, can I ask all of you, as they speak today, to support them, to show a sign of support, if you agree with something that they say, if you're like, yeah, actually, I believe that's true. Oh, that's good. Let's respond by actually responding. <laughs> Let's say, hey, that's good. Oh, that's really good. Oh, amen. Oh, that's awesome. Let's be a loud church today. Let's support these guys who have come up here for the first time to speak. <laughs> so... Without further ado, I would love to invite you all to give your warmest, sweetest, loudest welcome to the beautiful, the lovely Zoe. Hi, my name is Zoe. I'm eight years old and I'm a year three. Today, I'm going to be talking of being a Christian as an eight-year-old. Now, I have a question. Raise your hands if you have a big brother. <laughs> That's a lot. I have a big brother who is three years older than me. Sometimes he does things that annoy me. <laughs> well, he'll sometimes tease me even though I tell him to stop. This makes me mad and I tend to yell back at him, which then leads to my parents telling us off. Another time when I ask him to play with me, he does not want to play the games that I like and instead twists it around and, it makes, and makes it his version. It makes me not want to play, but when I want to play another game, he just says, no, take it or leave it. In the end, none of my friends get to do what we like. One Sunday, Upstreet was teaching about humility. It means putting others first by giving up what you think you deserve because Jesus puts others first like his disciples. He did that to teach his disciples a lesson to put others first. Our memory verse for that month is from Philippians 2, verse 3. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. 
A few days later, when I was at home, I remembered what I learned and I decided to clean my brother's room as a surprise and just wanting to do something nice. Surprisingly, I felt really good doing it. And, but it also worried me that maybe he wouldn't notice the room was clean, so I decided to make it more obvious by cleaning the wardrobe too. When my brother realised his room was clean, he was very thankful and couldn't believe that just out of nowhere I did it for him. The next day, when my dad asked both of us to clean and vacuum the house, my brother said he wanted to do it on his own without my help. I felt very happy and realised me showing humility made others want to do the same. And I encourage you to do the same too. I like hearing about the different topics that Upstreet teaches. Sometimes it is something that I need to hear and can do straight away at home. I want to thank my leaders for teaching these topics at Upstreet. And for parents who have children pre-priming to year five, I would encourage you to bring them to Upstreet because they'll always learn something new. That's it from me. Now I'd like to call Ben up to come and speak. As you see, I can walk because I tore my hamstring on Monday. But hi, everyone. My name is Ben. I'm 11 years old and I'm currently in year seven. I was born on the 30th of June and that makes me the youngest in my class and the youngest in my school. What I want to talk about today is the night before the first day of school. That day, I was very anxious about what's going to happen. I was worried whether I had good teachers or not, the type of friends I make, and whether I see my friends from primary school or not. I remember going to the dining room with table with all my school supplies scattered around the room, ready for tomorrow. And then I saw my mom. I remember asking her to pray with me to help calm down because I couldn't sleep. This helped me realize that God was with me the whole entire time tomorrow. I woke up the next morning feeling very anxious but excited for school. I did my morning routine and my mom took me to school. At school, I was very confused about where to go and got lost many times. I was looking around everywhere for my classes. That first day was very stressful. Then when I got home, I got even more stressed seeing the house was very messy. I thought to myself, one thing at a time. So I started cleaning up my room, then the kitchen, then without realizing I cleaned up the whole house. This made me very relieved and at peace. So I, start, so I can then start focusing on my homework and organize my schedule for tomorrow. The next day, with knowledge on how the day was going to go, I remember that God was on my side. Did you know that one in six Australians suffer from anxiety disorder according to the 2021 ABS census? In fact, we all deal with being anxious from a stressful situation from time to time. And for some of you, you can relate for what I'm going through. Perhaps for others, you can clean a lot when you're anxious or stressed, like me, or you can just sleep it off. I know my mom does that. <laughs> Philippians 4 says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray for everything. Tell God for what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds in anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. For me, this means that you can talk to God about anything. Sometimes when you're your lowest moment, it's when you can experience God the most. 
like that night before the first day of school. After my mom prayed for me, I felt calm and was able to go to sleep. Now, prayer comes to me automatically, every day, and that's when I experience God's peace. Know that you can also experience His peace. It's the kind of peace that makes you, uh, that makes you calm, even though you're meant to be stressed. It's the kind of peace that will guide you through the hardest moments that you can't go through alone. Wouldn't you want that type of peace? God wants you to, to experience this peace, so whatever you're going through right now, tell God all about it, and thank Him for all He has done. Then experience this peace that only God can give. That's it for me. Please welcome Connie. Hi everyone, my name is Connie. I'm 15 turning 16 and I'm currently in year 10. Today I get the honor of sharing about, about what I as a teenager struggle with and how God has helped me overcome it. Just like Ben, I also struggle with anxiety. This year especially, I found myself getting more anxious than I've ever been. I've become incredibly anxious very easily, especially before doing performance-based tasks. Even talking right now is making my heart race like crazy. <laughs> Earlier this year, I had to write an essay for English. It was the very first English task of the year, and I was so nervous. Weeks prior, I had been writing mimic essays in preparation for the assessment. Despite being so prepared, when the day came, I was riddled with anxiety. So much so that I had a panic attack right before class. I walked into the class, I sat at my desk, and I was struggling to breathe. My hands were shaking and my eyes began to tear up. It was honestly really scary. I thought all the hard work that I'd put in was going to waste because of a silly panic attack. Quickly, before the timer started, I did a little prayer. God, I said, please help me not to be so anxious. Please calm my heart and clear my mind. In that moment, everything became still. My breathing became steady and I was no longer anxious. I ended up getting a good, a good grade on the essay. <laughs> Regardless of our age, gender or situation, we all long for peace because we are plagued with worry as it manifests itself in a multitude of ways. With the busyness of everyday life, to not worry is basically impossible. As Ben said, According to the Australian Government Institute of Health and Welfare, anxiety disorders are the most common type of disorder, affecting one in six Australians from the ages of 16 to 85. I am almost certain that many of us in this room have been anxious or have experienced anxiety. From old to young, we all find ourselves stuck in the pit of anxiety, whether it be being self-conscious around our peers, worrying about a job we've applied for, the health of our children, we all find ourselves in the same place. So the question remains, what should we as followers of Jesus do when we are faced with anxiety? Philippians 4 verses 6 to 7, Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Anxiety is a tool used by the devils to convince us that we are not enough. He wants us, far, he wants us as far 
away from God as we could ever possibly imagine. Proverbs 3 verses 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. When we are worried and uncertain, God does not want us to cower and hide in darkness, relying on our own understanding. Instead, he wants us to put our trust in him, to rely on him, to put our wholehearted faith and trust that he will provide. His sovereignty and righteousness means we never have to worry again. Through these past months, I have learned that I must be aware of my own thoughts because our thoughts are what create our realities. The things I conceptualized in my mind became, oh, the things I conceptualized in my mind shone through my life. Because I worried that my personality was too much for others, I became a bit more reserved. Because I thought I was being too much, that I was too loud, I spoke less and talked less to people. <laughs> I confided in my mom about all the stress I had been feeling and she told me to pray always through talking to God, talking to my mom, praying, reading my Bible and journaling. I practically abolished all anxiety I had. I cannot confidently say that I am a much happier and more positive person than I was five months ago. Deuteronomy 11 verse 18 says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. By placing scripture on my heart in times of anxiety or even spiritual warfare, I am prepared and ready to fight all which is not of God. I think that we as a church can all support one another and have sympathy for what others may be going through. Communication is key. Communicate with God. Cast all your worries onto him, but also communicate with those around you so they can better support you in ways that you need to be supported. Parents, I urge you to be patient with your kids. And those of you who have parents, I urge you to be patient with them. We all have worries and stress we each have to deal with. Before I leave, I'd love to read Psalm 23 to you. It is a chapter my mom's grandpa used to read to her and that she now reads to me when I feel stressed or when I'm worried. It always calms me down and makes me feel at peace and has easily become one of my favorite psalms. If you're comfortable, would you close your eyes as I read this over us all? The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I will now pass the mic to Bella. Hello, everyone. I'm Bella. Um, I am a year 11 in high school this year, and I'm 16 turning 17. Um, I've been asked to come to speak to you all today about struggles I face as a teenager and how my faith and my relationship with God has helped me through it. I'll be honest, last year was a pretty difficult year for me. Um, I was struggling with trying to understand where I fit at school, at church, understanding who I was and who I wanted to be. 
I struggle with the worries of what others thought of me. And I'm come, I'd, I'm sorry, I'd come home to my parents many times crying because I didn't think anybody liked me. I would pray to God when I felt lonely, asking him why I had no friends, and I felt lost in many aspects of my life. This fear of acceptance and what others thought of me and think of me still does sit with me now. And I'm constantly conscious of how I carry myself in the way that I look, how I act, and whether when I speak or act as myself, if someone will find me annoying. Maybe some of you here also struggle or still struggle with what others think about you, whether that's developed through from or before your teenage years, during your teenage years, through from teenage to adulthood, or just has developed during your adulthood. It may have started from what someone said to you, from you feeling uncomfortable around other people, or possibly an environment that you might have been in. For me, it started through the transition from primary school to high school. I was this happy-go-lucky and confident kid who was standing up for myself and loved who I was right to my core, through to a girl whose worth was found in whether others laughed at my jokes or in the amount of people who liked and approved of me or of how many friends I had. Many do get to high school and they realise, oh, you know, not everyone's going to like me and if I want everyone to like me, I have to be somewhat cool to fit in. Whether that's based on the clothes you wear, how you speak, what you like to do in your free time, everything that you do is judged by those around you. But recently I've come to wonder and ask more questions about God. I'll ask my parents who he is and everything I know about him and events I've seen happen within church asking what they mean. Prior to this, I never really believed that God actually existed. He was just, you know, like the guy in the sky or the guy in the Bible stories. I didn't really believe that he was there. For me, the concept of another being existing who's all-powerful and loves me for all my flaws and all my strengths, unlike how I felt others did or did not, was a difficult concept for me to grasp. I would read my Bible every day for a week and then I would lose consistency or I'd see what life could be like without God or what someone has said and ask, could it be that much different? I will say that my faith only just began to grow, but it has absolutely helped me come to realise that what others think of me, it doesn't matter. If someone thinks I'm annoying, not fashionable, not fun, it doesn't matter. Because my God loves me, and if I have faith in him and in what he can do, and seek him for understanding, he will provide me with everything that I need. A Bible verse that's helped me gain better understanding of this is John chapter 15, verse 18 to 19. It says, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, the entire world or everyone hates me or anything, but I will say it gives me confidence in knowing that if those who may not like or understand me or understand my faith, that God says it's okay. I belong to him and he's who loves me and who I can always find my confidence in. Of course, I'm not on my best yet and I'm definitely longing to grow further. I believe that God still has so many things to teach me and I make mistakes constantly and sometimes get caught up in the things I know that God doesn't want me to. I worry about others' opinions of me all the time and will limit how outgoing I, outgoing I am at church, at school, and because of it, oh sorry, um, and because of it, my trust in him and my faith pushes me to ask questions and want to better my life, my attitude, and me as a person through God. As a church, I feel that we can all help teenagers and one another through these sort of situations by supporting and showing interest in each other, both in our social, school, or outside life, and our faith or beliefs about God. Someone who you may not have seen before or know personally, whether that's families, teens, adults, we can speak or make it known to each other that we're all appreciated. 
As parents, I feel that you should encourage us as teenagers. Don't be too harsh all the time because sometimes you're the only people that we feel accepted by and loved by in our lives. My parents were and sometimes they still are. Encourage us to grow in our faith. Allow it at our own pace and do small things like praying with us or inspiring us to seek God through our tough times. We may not always share what you wish we would with you, but don't force it. Just be patient and willing to listen. Be open to have difficult discussions surrounding faith, beliefs, our feelings and any other worldly matters. Don't force the timing for our growth and our faith or our character because it's all in God's timing. It's been great to speak to you all and I hope that this helps or speaks to anyone here today. Thank you. That's all from me and I'll pass it over to Chitra now. Can we give another round of applause for this amazing young speakers? Because they have just so much courage to just come up here and share about their struggle, share, you know, overcoming their fear of being on stage as well. And I can tell you, it's not easy. But I, you know, during the rehearsal, Bella said something to me like this, something like this. Chit, I can't believe that you trust us to speak on stage. And for me, I think that just hits it home. I remember distinctly when I was a little girl, you know, there were adults around me that says things like, Chit, you're too young. What do you know? Sometimes they'll say, what do you know about life? Or they'll say things like, Chit, you're too young. Maybe give it another few years and you can take on this role. But here I am telling each one of these young speakers that you have a voice, you have a story, and that, you know, your experience matters. And guess what? We all can learn something from you today. So that's why I'm hoping that you all learn something from all of these young speakers. I want to read you a quote. And this is from Sophie Rantand, who is the Managing Director in McCrindle, which is an Australian research organisation. This is what she said. While less people are identifying with Christianity than years prior, there is still an openness to engaging with faith and church. An important part of this is for people who do not believe to see firsthand those in their life who live out a genuine faith. Authenticity is crucial alongside building relationships of trust as avenue for conversations. Investing in real relationships and creating healthy communities are key for creating opportunities to build the church. It's heartbreaking to say that Christianity is on the decline. But it is a fact. But guess what? Just like the quote says, there is hope. And there's opportunities for genuine faith to rise up. For people, young and old, to come to Jesus. And imagine, imagine if every single one of us, followers of Jesus, if we live out this genuine faith, to the people around us so that they can see firsthand what followers of Jesus looks like, what followers of Jesus reacts like, 
what followers of Jesus, how followers of Jesus love and be kind. You see, our Gen Y, which is my generations, and Gen Z, the next generation, they leave church all over the world, not because that they don't believe in Jesus. They're fine with Jesus, but when they come to church, or when they come to you know workplaces and they meet other Christians, they don't see them as followers of Jesus. They say they're followers of Jesus, but their actions says differently. And it's as if they've been handed down a faith that needs to be deconstructed in such a way because they don't know what followers of Jesus looks like. You know, the first people, the first church, the first followers of Jesus, they were so attractive because what? Not because of what they believe, but because of what they do. They built schools, they built hospitals, you know, they, they love their neighbors unconditionally. They take in people who have leprosy and people whose society actually like discarded. They take them in and they help them. That's attractive. The, the love, the kindness that followers of Jesus shown, that's attractive. And that's us as a church. That's what we want to do here, you know, all over our next-gen environments. We want to love like Jesus. But guess what? We need each one of you. We need each one of you for your help, for your support, because we can't do it alone. Every single leaders in our next-gen environments, all from Womberland, Upstreet, Transit, and youth, they sacrifice their time to be there for the, ki- for the kids that they are leading. Sacrifice week in and week out. So what? So that they could love and care like Jesus for all of these kids. So I'm going to just throw in some challenges for you here today. Okay? The first one is I want you to ask the questions. What is the faith of the next generation worth? Okay? And let me rephrase this. If you don't have children, what is the faith of your nieces and nephews worth? If you have children, what is the faith of your children worth? What is the faith of your sister, of your brother, of your friend worth? What is the faith of your grandchildren worth? And for me, because I have children, I say they're worth everything. They're worth everything. So today, if you have an hour every single Sunday, if you have an hour to spare on Sunday, can I ask you to join us to get involved? If, you ha- if you're not serving in any capacity, the QR code is on the screen to get involved. And we would love to have your help and your support to just help us lead in the next generation environment. There's so many different environments. And if you don't know where to step in, feel free to just say, I don't know. There's the, the, you know, at the bottom of the form, they said, I don't know. And guess what? I'll contact you and we can have a chat about it. But if you said, oh, Citra, I don't have one hour on Sunday. I'll go to work. 
that's okay. If you have an hour to spare on a weekday, we also have some good news for you because we just uh, partner with Kids Hope and uh, a, a new update is we actually just partner with the school just at the behind, behind our church, which is Com- Cannington Community College Primary School. And you can see there, you know, play, playground just from our hall there. And we just partner with them. And the principal actually says this. Um, they said, we've got about 15 kids who would benefit greatly from mentoring and only takes one hour a week. So if that's you, can I get you onto that form as well? And there's a, there's a, a column that you can take to become a kid's mentor too. The second challenge I want to throw at you is this. There's a, the Rocks youth who is setting up booth outside. So if you're here and you're a high schooler and you've never been to our youth before, can I get you to go over there? Because our youth leaders are amazing and they would love to get to know you better. And if you've been to our youth before and you didn't go again for various reasons, come to that booth as well. You might win some prizes too, who knows. Uh, But if you're a parent here and you're a parent of high schoolers, can I also encourage you to just go to the booth. If you don't know your kids, your teenagers' leaders, um, just to get to know them better and hey for, for you to just say to the youth leaders you're doing an amazing job that's also awesome as well and for lastly for all of us here who are followers of Jesus let's leave a genuine faith and invest in relationship so today don't go home right away after the gathering get to know people Get to know somebody that you've never met before and actually says hi to that person. And maybe this week, invite someone to come to your house and have dinner with you or have coffee chats with you. In any way, invest in relationships because God loves people. Jesus loves people and we should do too. So... Can I pray for all of us here today? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for today, for just giving us this opportunity for our young people to rise up, to rise up in their serving, to rise up in their faith and to experience you more. And God, for those of us who are adults here today, we don't want to miss out as well because we want to experience you more as well. So God, I pray, Lord, in our everyday life, would you just help us to just grow in our faith? Would you just help us to just have this genuine faith so that people all around us can see firsthand what followers of Jesus looks like? They don't have to research in a Google or something like that, but they can see from us, from just the way we love, from the way we show kindness, that God, you are just like that. You are loving and you are kind and you are for us. So God, I give you thanks, Lord, for today. Help us to just digest and receive from your word today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website, visit therocks.church.com.